0: Following the message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Okay, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, for the time that we have together. All things are in your hands, Lord. Lord, you are God of everything. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of Israel, and the God, Lord, that we love. And we ask, Father, that you bless this time together. Reveal your word. Reveal yourself and your son through your word. And we ask, Lord, that you glorify yourself in all that's said, thought, and done in this place. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And God's people said, In Mark chapter 2, it says, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. But we're going to study Luke chapter 6. And this is where it starts. On a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of presence, unheard of. Which is not lawful, for, for, but for priests to eat. And he gave it also to them with him. And then he said, the Son of Man is Lord. Of the Sabbath I'm going to go a little further because it's a passage we're going to cover this morning. On the, on another Sabbath he entered into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And Jesus said to them, the Pharisees, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around them, he said to them all, said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. <laughs> And the last passages in verse twelve. And in these days he went out on the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came he called his disciples, and he chose from them twelve. Now there were more than twelve disciples. You've got to understand there were probably three or four hundred at least. But of those he chose twelve. And he named them apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter and Andrew, his brother, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, who was also called the Zealot and Judas, the son of James and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And that's a strange group of people to select, isn't it? One of them being the traitor. So if we want to look at this thing in the first five books, first five verses in there, if you got your Bibles, you can look at it. And want to make notes, you can do that too. If you have any questions, you can raise your hand, I'll answer it. Okay? We'll make it good. The Sabbath was a special time. Now I want to, we talked about the Sunday school class that we're talking about, the Sabbath this morning. The Sabbath is a is to sabaton in, in in Hebrew, but it, also, in the Greek, it's very close to other. But the idea is that the Sabbath is a very special day. Well, what makes it special? Well, man was created on the sixth day, was he not? According to Genesis. And on the seventh day, God rested. But what day was it for man? It was the first day. Okay? So God sets things apart because it's special for man, but also for God. God rested on the seventh. Our life, our life started on the day of rest. Oh, we spend our time doing other things. or resting, don't we? I'm a part, if you meet people on the street, the first thing you do is say, Hi, my name is John. How are you? Good. What do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> ah, funny. Do, what do you do for... No. How do you spend your time? Oh, well, that's a different thing. Making a living or spending your time? Both. God has a plan for every person. And the, and the Pharisees were saying to him, Why is it not lawful for you to do these things? Why do you do these things which are unlawful on the Sabbath day? Well, the Sabbath is only one day. That's what we consider, used to be Saturday, okay? But actually, if you go to Italy and other places, it's called. Uh, what? What are they called it in Italian? Saturday? You don't know? How about it on Spanish? Sabbath, Yes. And it's the same thing in Italian. Sabbath, It's a T, not a D. It's, but, but the point is, that's a Sabbath. But you know how many Sabbaths there are for Jewish people? Every meeting that they ever had is a Sabbath. And when you come to Passover, you have three days in a row that are all Sabbaths. And if you read this in the Greek on, in, in, in the original Greek it's, it's, or, in, in, or even in the King James Version, it says, and on the other Sabbath, what other Sabbath? It wasn't talking about a week ago, it's talking about the other day, the next day. Jesus was buried on one day that was a Sabbath for the Passover. He, was, he's, he laid in the grave for one day, which is another Sabbath, okay, and he was raised on the third day, which is another Sabbath, so there's three Sabbaths in a row. Every time the Jewish people got together, it was a Sabbath day, as it should be, okay? Because it's a time to worship God. It's a day of rest, and that's the way it should be. The Jewish people also required to meet in Jerusalem three Sabbaths every year. How did they do that? Well, they didn't take a three-week three vacation, I'll tell you. They came on Passover. Then they fulfilled the law by having all, all three Sabbaths in the same day. And doing that, it makes it easy, doesn't it? You can go for the weekend, and be home for work, then the other day. But some people lived, the Sephardic Jews lived in Spain. That's a long walk to Jerusalem. Any place that the Jewish people lived in the Mediterranean Sea, they had to be in Jerusalem on the Sabbath or on Passover for, for the Sabbath day. So that was one of the fulfillments that they had. Now, the, the wealthy ones could come three times a year if they wanted to, but... Most of them did not. They only came at Passover so they could fulfill all the law in one day or in one weekend. Just, you know, it makes it simple. But God had a plan. That Sabbath was the day not just for the Jewish people. It was the day for every human being. Jesus died on, this, on the Sabbath, was resurrected on the Sabbath, and the day in between. But those three days were very important. Okay? Because they showed everything that God was promising in the Old Testament concerning what was going to happen, not just to the Jewish people, but to mankind. Jesus was the fulfillment of God's plan for man. Period. And yours, and yours, and yours, and yours, and mine too. All of us. None of us have the same DNA. We don't have the same eye scan. We don't have the same fingerprints. There's a lot of things that we don't have are are the same. We don't have it. Because you're unique. There's nobody else in the world like you. No one. Now my son has a wife who had both kidneys fail. And my son gave her his one of his kidneys. She's doing well. But, you know, she's got other problems right now. But you know something that didn't make her my son. They she was my daughter-in-law. I still have my son. And he still has one kidney left, and it works well. So they're, they're getting along. They share the other kidney. So that's interesting, isn't it? But God has a plan for your life as well. When he works things in our lives, he makes it so that we don't have to worry about so many foolish things. But the Sabbath is important. What Jesus was saying here, they were hungry, these people that were with him, the disciples. Okay? Okay? This is before this is before the 12 disciples were chosen. Cuz that doesn't happen until verse 12. We're talking about verse 5 or 6 when you start off with this. Well, then how many how many disciples were with him going through the greenfield? Well, a lot. <laughs> because they were hungry and they, you know, subway was closed and so they couldn't they couldn't get to a sandwich shop but the idea is when you're thinking about what's going on god makes a plan and preparation for everything that goes on in our life he grew the grain and so therefore when jesus was walking through the field he said okay we can do this all you have to do is just take a thing and now the, the jewish people got really upset because why after the after the return after the the dispersion and everything else and they came back after after they were put into into babylon and they brought them all back they had already began to to make the jewish people are enterprising people just like we are. And sometimes if you don't give them something constructive to do, they'll figure out something to do anyway. Whether it's constructive or destructive, they'll do it. And so they began to elaborate on the plans that God had. It says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Okay? Born of a virgin. You've heard that before, haven't you? Okay, why? Because it was at the fullness of time that he came. There were thousands of years before Jesus came, after man was created. And there was a lot going on. But was it all good? Uh, No, it was not. Man left to his own devices will come up with something, whether it fits or not. And he'll call it good in his own mind. They become a legend in their own mind. But that's how God works. In his time, he does what he needs to do to do what he said he would do. And so he did that. They came and they were going through the field and they wanted to eat. They had nothing to eat. I told you it was Sunday, and well, Chick Fil A wasn't open either. It never was. But the point is, when you think about when you think about what's going on, does God care about how you feel? Does He care about sustaining our lives? What do you have that God hasn't given you? That's a zero. Okay, the nothing. Everything you have came from the Lord. Everything you will ever have always comes from the Lord, not the government. I know Joe Biden is very high on himself, but he's not that good, okay? The idea, the idea is, when we think about what's going on, God has got a plan. And his plan was to feed them. So while they were going through the field, they, they, they picked the, the grains. They didn't have corn in Israel. Corn and maize comes from South America it came to North America that way, and we had it here, okay? So it wasn't corn, as it says in the Bible. They took the ears of corn. No, it wasn't corn. It was wheat or barley, and they took it, and they and they grabbed the the, the, the heads and poured them off, and then they, what you can do is you can rub your hands together and take all the husks off, and then you can eat the soft part of the inside, and they did that. It wasn't like manna. It tasted a lot like the, the wafers, but never mind. It, it, there's not much to them, all right? There's no sweetness, and we'll talk about that later. The idea is that everything was done good. And they were accusing him, why are you doing this? Then he reminds them from scripture. Do you know what David did when his family, when his, his warriors were hungry and he was hungry? They went into the holy place in the tabernacle and ate the bread of presence, which was unlawful. Why? Because the bread of presence was for the priests only. After they had served it and presented it in the, in the temple, oh, I'm sorry, the tabernacle for that day, for the moment, they would come out and they would eat it and they take it back and then replace it replaces the next day. So those, that, that part, that whole thing was set up so that it was right. But you were not supposed to eat that, but David was hungry. And he needed his four soldiers to be strong to protect everybody there. And so they ate it. And Jesus said, Didn't he do that? Well, of course they did. And they revered. David. So he reminded them of the truth of the facts of history that David ate bread of presents which was illegal on a Sabbath day because he was hungry. I guess it wasn't open on that day either. Anyhow. Then it was on another Sabbath day he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And there was a man there with a withered hand. And the scribes watched him. They wanted to see what he's going to do. And see if he just works a miracle on this day, we'll get him. We'll be able to get him. Well, they were looking to get him anyway. Didn't make any difference. You know, if you can't find something truthful, go ahead and make something up. That happens in political things. And so we think about what goes on. So they want to find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. And what did he do? He asked the man to stand up. Now, it's not unlawful to stand up on the Sabbath. Aren't you glad? We can stand if you're able and we'll do that later, but <laughs> if you're able. But the point is this. The man stood up and he said, stretch forth your hand. It's not unlawful to stretch forth your hand either. And all of a sudden when the man did that, his hand was healed. So they wanted to figure out some way to get to Jesus. But Jesus didn't do anything. The man was just obedient to what God's son told him to do. And when we do what God tells us to do, we'll have the results of that. It wasn't work. He didn't perform anything. He didn't scrub anything. He didn't make spittle with his hand and clay and put it on the ice like he did for the other man. Totally different system. Different thought. Different purpose. But the results were the same. God does the healing. You you know, even with modern medicine today, you know doctors still practice medicine? Ask them about their practice. And they'll tell you about their practice. Only God heals. Uh, 19, I don't know. 2010. Yeah, 2010. I came down with prostate cancer. I didn't go down. I just I, they told me I had it. I didn't know, but they told me I had it. And then I went through the therapy, and it's been since 2010, 2011, cancer free. God heals. I don't heal. God heals. I went through the therapy, and that's the problem I face now, because I went through the therapy, and I suffer the consequences of the therapy. But that's, you know, I didn't get any taller. I certainly didn't didn't grow any more hair. But, you know, I'm healthy, and I'm happy, and God's got the glory. Amen. Amen. Now I've got two hours and 53 minutes. No, no, it's 20, that's, never mind. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? The answer is yes, always. It's never wrong to do good. Anytime, anywhere, do good. Amen. We're called to do good. And that's what he has for each one of us. That we know. Okay, I don't know what God has planned for your lives. But my, I don't know what he's got planned for my life yet. I have no idea. But doing good is one of those things we've all been planned for. Because he's called us to do good. Yeah. I ask you: Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? Well, it's always good to do to, to save it and to make it good, and to have other people. And the man was the man was healed. Then we come to another unusual statement in the Book of Luke. In these days, the same days he was doing these things. He went to a mountain to pray. All night he continued in prayer to God. Now, I don't know about you, I've never prayed all night long. i prayed a lot. i prayed well into the night. I've been through all kinds of things and all kinds of prayer meetings and done things in my lifetime. But I learned, you know, it's not the prayer that makes the difference. It's God that makes the difference. When we submit ourselves to God's will, things seem to go right Most of the time. Now, does it go right all the time? No. Why? Because we have an enemy who's out there trying to destroy us. This is a wonderful magnet. It holds things on the the thing here. But if I drop this, there's a greater magnetic pull on that than there is to hold it up. And so we face an evil person in this world. And only by the power of God are we able to do the good that we're able to accomplish. Because the enemy is out there always trying to destroy us. But take heart, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And see, that's why he came. To set us free. So that we can do the things that God wants us to do. And he empowers us to do those things. And so the process of doing that is the joy of our lives. We can watch God work. God's called us to be his witnesses tonight. Is that so? Amen? Amen. But a witness is somebody who sees what goes on and gives testimony to that. It's not the guy that stands on the corner and beats people over the head with a steel jacket and Bible. That won't work. That doesn't bring people to God. It may take him to the emergency room, but that's not what you want. I can still jump too. So the idea is that when, you, when, you're thinking about, when, you, when you're thinking about what's going on, God's got a plan for your life, okay? Young people in here, there's a few of you in here. I, I consider myself a young person. When, when God has a plan for your life, it doesn't make any difference what hindrance there seems to be in it. We submit ourselves to his plan, and he delivers us to his fulfillment. We don't know what the fulfillment is. We can't tell you that. All right? I mean, right now, Colin's down because of COVID. He was hoping to be here today, but he hopes if the fever's gone today, he'll be able to walk around and get out tomorrow. But not today. Okay? I wish you were here. I love Colin. Other people are sick too, aren't they? But that's still part of God's plan. What what it means, I don't know. But you know what? God's teaching us all different things at different times, in different places, and under, under different circumstances. So don't think that anything is happening in your life that God's not aware of. He's aware of everything. Content yourself in this. God has your life in his hands. And his plan for you is always for good not for evil. The enemy is always going for the evil part. He wants to destroy and and discredit us, depress us, cause all kinds of problems. That's not what God's Word teaches. When the people of the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were pagans. Oh yes, they knew about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they didn't understand all the things that were going on because the Word of God had not been performed and and written and, and, and established. So they had no idea what was going on. God gave the revelation of all this and all the things that happened after that, including the tabernacle and which became the, the plan for the, temp, the temple. But the, all those plans were made by God and given to Moses. And it was revealed to them over the 40-year period of wandering around in the wilderness. And guess what? Those that lived that long, their shoes did not wear out. Now, boy, I've got four shines and they're pretty good. But 40 years in the wilderness, walking through sand for 40 years? I'm sorry. I don't know if these things could make 40 years. But God made them work. How about manna? Came down from heaven. Why? Every day because they had to be fed. You know, Subway hadn't even been developed yet. And Chick-fil-A was somebody's imagination way down the road. And so those those, those things were not available to teach or or to, to feed people. But God had a million people to feed. Think of that—all of Pinellas County being fed one day from manna. It was easy for God; He did it. It came down from heaven, and it was manifested. And it was—you know—it was there in the morning when you, you could gather it together. But you could only keep it for twenty-four hours. After that, it went rancid, except for the Sabbath. See, God has details that we don't always see. The Sabbath was, you couldn't work on the Sabbath, so they couldn't gather the the manna on on the Sabbath day to eat. So they prepared it on the the day before, okay? They did that on a Friday. like Jesus was prepared for our sacrifice on Friday. But the manna was prepared. Jesus said, I am the, the bread of life, didn't he? We'll talk about that later. When we get there. But the idea is that all, things, all the details of our lives are before God, and He has everything planned out. What do we miss? Only what we don't watch and see. That's what we miss. Sometimes I miss it, and it takes a while for me to be alerted. But everything comes to us by revelation. Your life is one revelation after another. God reveals Himself to you as, you're, as, as you need it. He doesn't give me next week's food. Because back then they they didn't even have refrigerators. And and ice is kind of sparse in the desert. So it's hard to get things to last, right? But God prepared for them every day what they needed. Didn't Jesus say, give us this day our daily bread? I wonder where he got that idea. Well, that's the manna. And he said, I am the bread of life. The manna of life. And he gives to us what he needs. What we need every day. Jesus is always preparing things for you. Your life is laid out before him. Your life is before you. So the next is if We have a need. The young man with a with a withered hand had a need. And God supplied the need. The healing. Then Jesus set the example for us by leading. When did was doing these things. What did he do? He knew what he was going to have to do the next day. He was going to have to choose 12 out of all the disciples that he had. And which ones could he choose? Well, he would choose all of them, including Judas. Why? Because God had a plan. Judas was even part of God's plan. Why? Because Jesus was sent to become the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and every sin that we've ever committed or will commit. And so he can put all that to rest. In our own minds, so that we can learn to praise God for what we are and whose we are, not what we become. He spent time with his Father, as we should spend time with our Father, because that's what we were created for. When God created the world and all the things in it before man, he got finished, he said, "That's very good," and then he created man and woman. And he said, now it's very good. So that was his plan from the beginning. When we think about what's going on. But he chose 12. I've read the names. Okay. Simon, Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James and John, the brothers. Philip and Bartholomew. Matthew and Thomas. James, the son of Alphaeus. And Simon, who was called the Zealot. And Judas, the son of James. Not to be confused with Judas Iscariot. So he chose those 12. They were important. Each one of them had a specific place and a, spe- a specific duty to do. All of them became martyrs. Judas hung himself, so he was not a martyr in that sense. But John the, John, the beloved, lived to be 90 years old and wrote the book of Revelation. But that wasn't the last book he wrote. The book of John, the epistle of John was the last book he wrote. So even though it's part of the epistles, Matthew Mark, Luke, and John, that was the last one written. The Book of Revelation was written before then while he was on the island of Patmos, but it was it was not for the United States because we're not even mentioned in the Bible, and never will be, which is amazing, but it was written for the Jewish people, so the when life happens to them, and prophecy is dependent upon what happens to Israel. When it happens to Israel, then we will understand why the book of Revelation was written. And we can understand what's going on and what to expect next. And the idea is God has a plan for you. Even though you're young and you don't see it and you can't understand it, God has a plan for you. And when you get to be my age, you begin to look back and you see there's a lot more behind me than there is in front. And so I've, I can see where God's hand has been working all my life. All my life even before I came to know who Christ was I knew who he was as a person I went to church when I was a kid I sang all kinds of wonderful songs wonderful memories of being in a church it was a Lutheran church but it was a neighborhood church and I could go and I could walk and come home it was good but when I came to know Christ and know who he really was that's when life began for me and I think for all of us we understand that His presence in our life is the thing that lights us up. It matters most. Many are called. There were 400 disciples. They were called. They were all called. They were all invited. Few are chosen. He chose 12. The choosing of God. And today is Father's Day. God chose Joseph to be Jesus' father. Think of that. He also chose Mary to be his mother. A young teenage girl right god has a plan and a purpose now there's no there's no book of richard in here i've looked several times it's still not there um but god god has such a good plan for us and he wants to fulfill his life and his will in our lives but he he needs to have compliant people the problem with israel was they weren't always compliant they wouldn't always do what god said they always had their own i have a plan b no 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 god has a plan a and, and and plan A is always good because he doesn't need to make a plan B. We need to make a plan B because we don't know plan A. <laughs> That's why we make a plan B. That's a big mistake. When we look to God and we look to his word and we we'll wait for him to reveal to us exactly what he wants us to do, we can understand what it's all about. That's the first page. This is quick. Okay? I've read this whole thing and it takes less than eight minutes to read it all. All right. So we're not doing that. I'm not going to read it in four minutes either. But Jesus' conflict was not with Scripture, but the understanding of Scripture and the interpretation by man. In the Scriptures, things were in there that are extremely important, but they began to manufacture things. That's the difference between a relationship with Jesus Christ and a religion. There are many religions because man is always coming up with contrivances and ways to win the favor of God. You can't win the favor of God. Do you know that? There's no way you can win God's favor. Why? Because He loved you already as much as He could. He sent Jesus to die for us. How much more could He go how much more can He love us? Can He send another Jesus? It's not necessary. It's not going to happen. The important thing is really this. Since we are God's people, and He knows each one of us intimately from birth to going home to graduation, it's extremely important that we understand that every part of our lives is important to God as well. If the manna lasted only 24 hours every other day of the week and 48 hours on the Sabbath, why would we not think that God can take care of what goes on in our life? There's no reason to do that. He can provide everything you need, even in abundance. We need to learn to be content. Didn't Paul say, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content? And he never visited Florida. The idea is that the state that he was in was the place that God had chosen for him, and he was happy with that. And so should we be. Happiness, like love, is a choice. We can be content. That's a choice, too because God wants to do those things in our lives and to show himself strong on our behalf. But you know something? We need to pay attention. I love sports. I used to play it when I was younger. I played it until the COVID came. I was playing softball. I don't play anymore because it's COVID, but that's beside the point. They had too many rules anyway. didn't make a difference. You know, you can't steal the base. You can't bunt. You know, what? what is this? That's not. That's not baseball anymore. That's for old people. Anyway, my grandfather at 97 told me, he says, I hate old people. (laughs) He was, my grandfather was a pip. I'm telling you. He was something else. Much taller than me, by the way. He was six feet tall. But anyway, the whole point is that God has a plan in your life and he wants to fulfill that in your life. But it takes our cooperation, does it not? Yes. I want to take my kids to do certain things, but... You know, sometimes kids were not cooperative. Did did you ever notice that? <laughs> my kids are grown up now. And uh they are still special. I love my kids. And my grandkids. And my great grandkids. They're good too. I'm about to have another one. Somebody else is taking care of that. I had nothing to do with it. But it it's enjoyable. Uh, We don't don't know what the name is. It's a little boy and he's coming. He's due today. Right now. He's due. Come on, Chelsea. Oh, no. She can't end. I can see him inside there. I'm not going. No. (laughs) It's too good inside there. Think about it. You don't ever get hungry. You never get cold. You never get thirsty. It's wonderful. They hear music and they hear the sounds. They hear people talking to him all the time. They, They don't know what's going on, but it's okay. He likes it. I'm guessing. With the Sabbath in the New Testament, many Sabbaths other than the seventh day, okay? Many Sabbaths. But each one of them was designed to make them pay attention to who God was. God was in charge. He's still in charge. Jesus came here to become the physical presence of God on this earth so that we could touch and see and feel and be touched by Him. The Holy Spirit is sent here to do what? To teach us what's in the word of God. And who Jesus was. And God the Father hasn't changed. He's still in heaven. Running the whole affair. Watching over everything. We do not fight against flesh and blood. Here on this earth. We don't. I don't care how bad the politicians get. Remember. God's still going to hold them accountable. And someday they will be in accounting. But it's the same for us too. We need to be obedient to what God wants us to do. If if we are being obedient, we get the blessing. Aha, that's the key. It took me a long time, lots of hair, to remind me what needed to be done. I lost a lot of things, but I gained the world. In Jewish times, for, for their sources, when, when, when the Sabbath came, they couldn't do things. You couldn't bury somebody on the Sabbath, you know. And it takes three days after a Passover. After three days, didn't they say, "Don't don't call John forth from the Lazarus forth from the cave because he would stink"? Well, that should tell you something. The body begins to deteriorate quickly. It Doesn't last long. The plucking of grain was forgiven or for forbidden. Why? Because you were doing work. That's called harvesting. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's not a harvest. Come on, give me a break. Those not in danger of death were not to be healed or cured on the Sabbath day. What? You mean I got this toothache and they won't do anything for me? Not today. Sorry. It's terrible. Objects are not to be carried. Okay? He said take up your bed and walk. Boy, that was bad news. But it need to prove something. The gospel story's conflict rises between Jesus and the Pharisees of plucking in the grain on the Sabbath. He offended them in many ways. Why? Because they offended him and his Father many ways. They made it a religion, not a relationship. And God created man for a relationship. That's what you were created for. Does it matter what we do? Yes. Is it important that we do things that absorb observe and absorb? <laughs> Wrong word. Observe what God wants in their lives, and also the fact that we need to be reverent. We need to revere what God reveres. Care for what God cares for. When he said love one another, he wasn't filling space in the Bible. Yes, it's in there, but he wasn't there to fill space. He was trying he was trying to get them to understand the the precepts and the principles of what God wants in their life. Learn to love, learn to care. Learn to share. That's what God's called us for. Reaping and threshing and winnowing is preparing food all at the same time. Okay? That's why they said it was so bad. But man's teaching over God's word? No. Don't take it. If it's not in here, don't believe it. I don't care who says it to you, including me, whoever it is. If God's word doesn't say it, it's not there. All efforts to coerce and control the actions of others. That's what religion does. Tries to control people. Politics does the same. But Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And that's the way it ought to be. And that's the way it will be in God's plan. Jesus used King David and reason to show the meaning of physical needs in keeping the Sabbath holy but not mutually exclusive from the needs of man. If you see somebody in need, fix it. Do something about it. That's why he chose and he used the... the, the uh... Who was the fellow that went was on the road and there was a man caught and had been beaten by robbers and left there and somebody found him? Who was that? Huh? The Good Samaritan. Thank you. Good. Paying attention. The good Samaritan. Why? Why did he choose Samaritan? Why did Jesus use the Samaritan? Because the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. Yeah, they were half Jews. They were the ones that went into into captivity with Israel. Israel was the northern part of of, 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 of well, the country of Israel. But, but the point is, he used somebody that was hated to do what God said was good to do. They finally got the point. Well, I think at least some of them did. 12 of them, I know for sure. Man's traditions are not to take precedent over God's word. God wants our heart as his. That's the point. This passage. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Whom He hath appointed heir of all things. The God that created all of humanity and all of creation will become the heir of all things. Application Our life belongs to Jesus. He is our healer and our provider and our protector, and He chooses our direction and purpose. It's a relationship, not a religion. He knows your needs regardless of what they are. And he knows he has a plan to supply for them. And he has a plan for your life. To bless you. To bless you. To bless you. Many are called but few are chosen. So if you are chosen to do something by God, by all means, make haste to do it as quickly as you can. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, which sustains our lives, Lord, and provides for our every need. And Heavenly Father, we are here today, and we ask that you bless us, not because we're worthy, but because we're needy. And so, Lord, watch over us and keep us safe. And bless us as we continue to worship you this morning. We ask it. In Jesus, that most blessed name. And God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.